Welcome to the Hookshot Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, and today is our first segment, also known as the first episode. Um, basically, my name's Alan. I'm starting this podcast because I like sports. And if you want to keep up to date with this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the Hookshot Podcast, on Twitter under Alan Rab or Two Shifty Rab. And the way these segments are going to work is it's going to start with an update on the Kings because that is my favorite team. Then we're going to go to just top stories around the league, so we're going to close it out. So let's get started. Okay, to start the updates of the Kings, we have Trevor Ariza signing a two-year, $25 million deal. What I think about this is, I think he's a little old to be joining such a young core. He is around the age of 34. I'm looking at some of his stats. Last year, he was averaging 12.5 points. 5.4 points and 3.7 assists as a forward. To me, I don't know, for 25 mil, for two year, $25 million, I guess he does bring that veteran mentality and would help mentor some of the young players in De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, even Bogey, who is around 26, so he is coming into his prime and should be entering his prime and ending his prime shortly after that. So I think he is a good fit because he'll be, you know, be able to bring that spark, that quick energy, and he will be able to low manage him, even though he is old, and he brings that veteran mentality and be able to coach up some of the younger players. Next, we have Deadman, who is a seven foot, two hundred forty-five pound center. He's also kind of old to me. He's just coming out of his prime, or to me, because he's around twenty-nine, about to be thirty. He's average. He was averaging ten points and seven point five rebounds and 1.4 assists last year. That's almost a double-double, solid points. Uh, seven, seven and a half rebounds, that's not bad. I think he will be able to um, bring in that, basically another veteran to help out with a young star and Marvin Bagley. He'll be able to teach him some post moves, help out, teach him how to on defense, show him just the tricks of the trade, because Marvin Bagley does have more of an old school kind of game. He doesn't, he spaced the floor a little, but he's more of a, you know, back to the basket, dribble move, little hook shot over the top. And then we have, we re-signed Harrison Barnes, which I think was a crazy outrageous. We signed him for $85 million for four years, which I don't think we should offer. I think we should let him go and went after a max deal. But he's 27. He averaged 16 points last year. Four rebounds and 1.5 assists. He every 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 couple now and then you know he did have a spark where he dropped 20 something points, 22, 25 points, 26 points. He was a pretty decent three point shooter. Um, but other than that, I didn't see too much out of him. To me, I feel like he doesn't want to be there. So I feel like he doesn't bring that swag and that you know that Sacramento vibe to the team. I feel like he's going to be more of a cancer to the team than he will help the team just because. I don't know if that's just his attitude or what, but I feel like he doesn't bring that that swag or that competitive nature with the chip on the shoulder that Sacramento has as a young team. So I feel like we should let him go and maybe target some some bigger names as a center to help with the development of Marvin Bagley, who's basically our future star when making the transition to center shortly. Like, I can't pronounce half these names. Nikolai Busvik, I don't know how to say that. But as you go look at him, he was averaging 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 3.8 hits. He'd have been good at teaching Marvin how to score and get, box out, get rebounds, and help with the defense. 
or my favorite, I think we should went after Al Harford. Al Harford, who is an older, he's an older player. So he does. He's as you see, he's not as mobile. You can teach him, um, help with teach Marvin how to have a long career. Not only relying on his Marvin Bagley's physical, natural, you know, athletic abilities as having a quick second bounce and things like that, but teaching positioning IQ where Marvin does struggle on the defense end. His defense IQ is suspect at most of the times, and he does have laps where I think Al Harford would have been able to show him and guide him on defense where Marvin struggles the most and coach him up to teach him because he was averaging 13 points with Asian a lot, but just his defense that contributes to me was where he really shined. So I think if we would have let um, Harrison Barn go, who was averaging, what, Harrison Barn, he was averaging around, I want to say, he was averaging around 16.4 points. And then you have Bogey, who's averaging 14.1 points, who's on a better contract than him. So I think we should let Harrison Barnes and just re-sign Bogey. They're, they're similar. They both have – Harrison Barnes averaging 16 points, Bogey 14. Harrison Barnes, four rebounds, Bogey three. 1.5 assists, Bogey averages 3.8 assists. So to me, they're basically the same players. Bogey's a little younger. Harrison Barnes a little taller. But I think Bogey brings that swag back to the team, that vibe where, like, we got this chip on our shoulder. We, we got something to prove. And Harrison Barnes, I feel like only reason he stayed was for the money. I mean, obviously, you got to get paid, but I feel like he doesn't have that same mentality as Sacramento that we need to win games as a young team in our with our core. So that's for now. And also, we have uh, Willie Coley-Stein, who's probably not going to re-sign with us because he's trying to get paid, is what he said at the end of the season. He wants to get paid, even though this year he was either hit or miss and had a lot of breakdowns this season. Some games he did good, some games he didn't score. It's like, you never know. And we also, I mean, this is just a shot in the dark, but we could have targeted KD with our, you know, we had a max contract because KD did say things as in he likes the, the swag of the team, how we're developing, how they're how we're attacking each game and it would have gave Katie a chance to come to a young team who has potential and really like basically be the hero, the savior to the city and basically how Kawhi went to Toronto, win them a championship and now he's like the basically a savior to their country really. And he could have came to Sacramento and did the same thing. But that closes off the Kings segment on to the next one. Next segment. Now I move on to the top stories around the league. Right now, we got the Kyrie KD going to the Nets. So Kyrie and KD are both going to the Nets with DeAndre Jordan. Supposedly, we got KD who's signing a four-year, $164 million contract to play for the Brooklyn Nets. We have Kyrie Irving signing a $141 million, $141 million contract to go play for the Brooklyn Nets which is two max deals, and then DeAndre, and then Jordan is a four-year, $4 million deal to go to the Nets. So what I'm thinking about this is, we got two of the, we got two of the top, top players in the league, right? We got Kyrie Irving, who's obviously a dynamic guard who can shoot, take the last shot, dribble, get around defenders, play make. Um, he, he was averaging 23.8 points. His field goal percentage was 48.7 and averaged 40% from the three-point line. I don't know how well their games are going to mesh together because, to me, Kyrie is also kind of like a Westbrook. So I feel like KD 
just left Golden State and put himself in the same situation he was in before he came, before he got to Golden State. It's like he was with a high usage guard who, who always needed the ball in his hands to make things happen, move around a lot. And KD was basically the second option, which when he should have been the first. So to me, it's like you just you left that to go right back to it with Kyrie. So I'm confused with that, but obviously Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He averaged <laughs> averaging 26 points, 26 points consecutively throughout his years. Some years 32, 28 in the playoffs. He was averaging 34 points before he got hurt. So obviously Kevin Durant is going to score when he wants to. You know what I'm saying? So. He's a guaranteed bucket. But the two playing styles, I don't know how they're going to mesh together. I did like the DeAndre Jordan pickup for $40 because he's basically, was, he was averaging a double-double last year, basically. He was averaging 10 points, 11 rebounds. So I see him as, like, the cleanup man, you know, number two option, get big in the post. He's not a, he's a, a reasonably sized big man, good size, you know. He's 6'11", 265 pounds. You're really not moving him out the way. So I think that's a good add to KD. You can play all five positions. Kyrie can guard the one and two, basically. But Kyrie is also a smaller defender. He's just like, to me, he's, he's just basically Westbrook, just not as explosive. He's more creative than Westbrook, but he still needs to dribble, 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 dribble. So I don't know how that's really going to work because I know the first year KD is going to sit out. So West, so um, Westbrook, Kyrie is going to be the main ball handler, basically doing what he did in Boston, dribbling around, trying to make plays on his own taking crazy shots and then the next year KD is going to come and now KD's coming off an injury still not the KD was before he left it's going to take him time to get back into the groove so then Kyrie's still going to feel like he needs to do it and I don't know if he's going to have time to take that switch off and really mesh with KD and allow KD to be the player he is which is arguably the best player in the world when he's at the top of his game so therefore I don't know I really don't like the decision for KD to go play with Kyrie um, but I mean, we'll see what happens because I see why he wants to leave the Golden State because he basically wants to make a legacy for himself. He's in a situation where he left the um, Thunder when they had the when they had the lead over Golden State. They lost, and then he went to Golden State, but he did win his rings. He won Finals MVP. He was doing his thing, so it's like I see why he left. You know, like. The Thunder weren't a good fit for him, but then he also gets a lot of criticism because obviously he went to the team that he lost to. So now I see why he's trying to leave that leave that conference, go somewhere on his own basically, and try to win up and try to you know win when he basically win another championship. But I don't see, I don't know if that's gonna happen because to me Ky, I mean Kyrie is a great second option. Obviously he's not by himself. He's not gonna do it. Nobody does can do it by himself, and he's really not the number one all-star who can lead a team like Kawhi could. He's really, um, basically he needs somebody that, a better player than him. But I don't know if KD's, to me, just seems more quiet and reserved, and like, not as someone who's going to take charge, like, no, give me the ball, I need the ball. Like, Kyrie, I feel like Kyrie's still going to have his way, because he's going to already have two years, basically. Two years where he was the, the main ball handler, main scorer for the Brooklyn Nets. Before KD gets back to being KD, which I don't see KD becoming the old KD till his third year, which gives Kyrie two years basically where he's the main guy. And it's like, you expect him to just turn that off for the next year when KD comes back? I don't know if that's going to happen. But then again, this is a different Kyrie because, you know, 
he wanted to play with KD. KD wanted to play with him. So maybe they worked it out together. They could see what's going to happen. So I, we got to all see all that message. And then you have on the West Coast, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is obviously another crazy dynamic duo with LeBron James averaging, you know, 27 points. Uh, Anthony Davis was averaging 25 points. But only thing Anthony Davis is, he's always hurt, you know, a long list of injuries that you can go through. But when Anthony Davis is healthy, he's arguably one of the, basically another top player in the league, you know. A big man that can stretch the floor, shoot, dribble, defend, great size. And then they have their third player, Kyle Kuzman, who is a great young talent coming up in the league. He was averaged 18 points last year, 5.5 rebounds. He can space the floor, shoot, drive, attack. Um, so I think that's going to be a good three-dynamic duel. And it depends on if they add pieces, you know. They could obviously be a top team going after the championship this year with just LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now you have Kyle Kuzman, who is a good, you know, third option young player who's going to get a lot of mentorship from someone like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's going to allow him to, he's going to, I feel like he's just going to blossom because just the development from seeing two great stars and they're targeting Kawhi Leonard, which I think is, if they get Kawhi Leonard, I think it's basically a done deal. You got basically arguably three of the top five best players in the world. A young Kyle Kuzma is going to be able to see that happen. And it's like LeBron James is coming out of his peak. So he's like, you know, I feel like LeBron James will be willing to sit back, you know. You know, he's going to get his cool 20, but he's going to allow Kawhi really to lead the offense, running the pick and roll with Anthony Davis, which would just be crazy. Anthony Davis and, Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard would go dumb. And then he also got that third LeBron James slashing, Kyle Kuzma slashing. And all three of them, Anthony Davis... They basically guard the one to the three, sometimes the two, maybe even the one. And then you got LeBron James and Kawhi can guard one through five, you know? So that's just something that's like, that would just be crazy. And then you had Golden State who would have been a contender, but they're losing KD, who basically KD's out all next year. So it's wide open. KD's leaving. You got um, Clay Thompson who's coming off an injury who just hurt his knee. So that's, that's scary. So to me, that's like, that leaves it wide open for the Lakers to just, if they acquire Kyrie, I think they have a great chance of winning the NBA Finals. Because like, I don't see nobody stopping them. I mean, you have over in the on the East, you got, you feel me, Milwaukee with Antetokounmpo, I don't really know how to say his name, but I don't see him having enough to stop Anthony Davis. A healthy, let me say, if they stay healthy with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzman, and they and they acquire Kawhi Leonard. So that is just a dynamic four, really a big three, with a strong four and Kyle Kuzman, who's a future star. And if Kyle Kuzman gets behind three of the great, three of the arguably greatest players to play the game, really, the best big man in the game, and the best all-around players in the game. He's just going to grow so exponentially. Okay, let's move on to the next topic, which is Kimball Walker going to Boston Celtics. And I believe he's signing a max contract, too. Give me a second to pull this up. We have Kimball Walker signing a $141 million max contract to the Boston Celtics. Who's just Kyrie, basically. Both ball handling crazy guards with the ball handling can make plays happen. But they're both high usage guards. So, I mean... I guess they want to, I feel like they're using Kyrie more as, an ex, as a scapegoat for their problems for, you know, not going farther in the playoffs and things like that. 
I mean, Kyrie obviously was more. I think I'll probably see him more as a head case. But signing a 29-year-old Kimba Walker to a max deal for $141 million, I don't think that's as good as they could have signed someone like Ricky Rubio or another like point guard that's willing to dish the ball off more, more mentorship to allow Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to merge as the top scorers on their team and allow them really to come into their own and score and not be stuck behind someone like a Kyrie Irving who needs the ball in his hands or a Kimba Walker who also needs the ball in his hands. I'd rather them be, get around a point guard that wants to run the pick and roll, dish it off, allow them to be who they are and not get mad. Play good, A point guard with good defense and that wants to pass first guard who doesn't do a lot of dribbling and just kicks the ball, let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go to work and really develop their game and grow. Obviously, it'd be a longer rough patch because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both young. But you got you to gotta go through the rough to get to the good. So it's like making diamonds. You allow them to get their bruises, maybe one, bad one or two years. But after that, you feel me, they're going to have a great guard who's been showing them, allowing them to really mold and craft their skills. And then you bring in someone like a Kimba or a Kyrie into that, and now it's a one-two-three punch. You got two small forwards, great size, that can score, do do basically come turning into stars. And now you bring in that third dynamic punch where they can all, you feel me, get the ball, do what they got to do, and you're not handicapping Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown by not allowing them to grow because they're not getting the ball enough. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyrie is just, who's a high usage guard, he needed the ball, which didn't allow Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to have the ball in their hands and work on their skills at an NBA level speed. So that's why I don't see Kemba Walker, you know. I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, he's an amazing player. But the way I look at the way I look at sports, I look at it more as through a system like I don't care about the individual talent. If it doesn't fit, you can be the best player in the world, but if you don't fit my system or the system that, that we built for this team, I won't put you on the team. It's like I don't care how good you are, you can't be better than the team. Like, no one player is going to be better than the team. If you have the system, you can win anything. And I, and I think Tom Brady and the Patriots with Bill Belichick proved that, that the system is better than the player. So I think that Boston had two great young stars who are coming up, and they should have played the long-term goal by bringing in a, a less ball-heavy guard who was going to allow Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to really grow as and become their stars in Boston instead of bringing another ball heavy guard who's more dribble 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 make moves make moves they try out there trying to make the fans happy the owner happy to keep the money rolling in bring another high star to keep tickets high but to me I care more about winning it's like we'll have two or three bad seasons with an okay guard that allows our young talent to develop to go forward in the future so we'll see what happens with that. And you know, I wish him the best of luck. Kim, Kimba Walker is an amazing player. So obviously they're going to win games with the core they have. But I just feel like it's not going to allow Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to reach their peak. Or if they do reach, I feel like it's going to be later instead of earlier. So we'll see how that goes. But let me say, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, so I believe that wraps it up for today. Um, you guys have an amazing day. This is the Hook Shot Podcast, and I am signing out.